The first three parts of the Australian drama The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart are titled Blackfire, Orchid, Waddle, and Lantern Bush. Each installment is an hour long and available on Amazon Prime. On this podcast, we like to discuss a different series every show. It's August 7th and you're listening to today's episode. So this is going to be a little interesting. We just did this podcast, realized that none of it got recorded, and so we can't play any games and we can't do any like spontaneous like reactions <laughs> because you know everything that happens because I just described it to you. But I'm going to go ahead and describe it to you again. If you have any lingering questions, bring them in. This show is a whole complicated mess. It's three hours of television so far. And how many episodes are there going to be all season? Uh, seven. Seven episodes. And so we're about halfway through. Um, but if I was to shrink down the plot into one element, the first three episodes are a custody duel of who gets to raise Alice Hart after her parents die in a fire. It's either her grandma, June Hart, a.k.a. Sigourney Weaver, or the town librarian, Sally Morgan. The good news is both genuinely seem to care about Alice and want the best for her. The bad news is they both have a ton of major baggage, which is revealed like breadcrumbs throughout the first three episodes until we get these huge like drops and twists that, that, that you don't expect to happen. <laughs> right. And the Boston Globe said that Sigourney Weaver, she's like a moral, June Hart is a morally twisted figure. She has a bit of a God complex as she proudly rules her kingdom of flowers and people. Yeah. So June Hart, the grandma, she lives in a flower farm away from where Alice Hart was raised um, and the place is called Thornfield and at first we're introduced to it as like there's a bunch of women living there and we don't exactly know if it's a commune or a cult a halfway house or a coven people call them witches it, it does remind me of the clearing but more specifically deadlock yeah uh, specifically, a bunch of Australian shows coming out recently well yeah because you had all those women that were kidnapped in that barn here it seems like it's a little bit of a better situation yeah that. you don't know whether or not to trust June you do know that she's not just a straight up villain or anything like right. she does seem to take alice under her wing um pretty soon after the first episode once she wakes up from her coma and you can kind of tell that there's just more to her character like she's been through a lot and it turns out that this is actually a refuge for battered women and their children so it isn't like the worst place to raise a child however there's definitely people people are living there with their omens and their their hauntings and yeah every, everybody's got their own like backstory um but in a cruel twist of fate June's son, Alice's father, Clem Hart, was also raised in Thornfield, and so was her mom, Agnes Hart, who was an orphan because her parents died in a car accident. That's how her parents met. However, Alice does not know any of this, and the ugly irony is that Clem, who convinces Agnes, Alice's mom, to run away with him like a decade earlier, they just disappear. June doesn't know where they go. She gets like one mysterious um, piece of mail from them that kind of hints at the fact that Alice is alive, so or at, that Alice was born, like that they had a kid. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, that's why she wasn't in Alice's li life previously. And the really ugly irony is that her son, the person she raised as a kid, ends up being the archetype for the exact type of toxic domestic abuser that she has tried to stop by letting women come to this place. Um, and in fact, not only is this refuge, um, and they're all called flowers. That's why right. part of the lost flowers of Alice Hart, like everybody in this community is kind of a flower and it's a flower farm. So they, they what, 
the adaptation to this has been almost like straight off ripped from the page. In yeah. fact, you even have Sarah Lambert who created this show saying that the first uh the first I think scene of the book is where like uh, Alice is thinking about setting her dad on fire or has this like imagination of it and yeah. she says those opening lines were so real to her that she really just wanted to make this uh book adaptation extremely faithful. In fact, that's why a lot of people that worked on the show read the book. I didn't know that it was based off a book, but by the end of the first episode, I could tell it was based off a book and I could tell it was like a faithful adaptation of that story. Because when you're talking because about it's the flowers. very depressing. It's beautiful. The environment is beautiful, but the backdrop and the and the darkness uh, and the and the characters are just so um, developed, even though like if, if this was written for Hollywood, you would see a lot more cliche twists like people would have a hope more hope than is shown in this story. Um, but but the thing is, like that character of Clem, Alice's father, he is, he's shown to be, have he's a sociopath. So he has his good moments where he's like, he's very talented at carving things and he'll carve flowers and gifts for people. And he actually gets with a ton of different women in the show. He was with Agnes, the mom. He was also with the another lady who was raised there with him, um, who was played by Bobby Draper from Expanse. Um, I forgot what her name is. Her name is Candy in the show. Yeah. Um, and, and so they had a relationship and then also like, well, actually I'll get into that soon, but like June Hart, she wants to take Alice to the flower place. Right. And she ends up doing that. But then you also have Sally Morgan, the, um, the librarian who I I mentioned earlier. Right. Right. And how does she factor in Alice's life? It's, it's complicated because the audience is given like a runaround in the first episode. You have not the full story, but you think you have the full story. Sally meets Alice in a library. Um, because Alice has kind of escaped her house and she's come in and she she wants to read all these books, right? She's a very curious-minded kid, uh-huh. but like her dad is away and obviously her dad would not want her going into town because he's very uh, controlling, right? right? He he beats her, he uh, he like takes her out into the ocean and throws her out into the water and almost kills her that way. Like he's he's a very dangerous Insane. individual. Yeah, yeah um, but only when he gets mad at her. When he, when he loves her, he's like hugging her and dancing with her and it's, it's just so like bipolar kind of. So anyways, Alice uh, goes to the library, Sally meets her, she immediately makes the connection that that is Clem's kid and she sees the bruises on the arm and she calls her husband who is the sheriff of the town, John, and then a few weeks later, um, because uh, Clem is able to talk his way out of like whatever John asks him later on, um, there's this fire at Alice's property, ultimately it kills her parents and Alice is put into that coma, Sally feels slightly responsible because she wasn't sure if by turning in Clem, if maybe that caused the fire to happen. Like maybe he got mad, he started a fire, he killed his wife or something like that. Because both Agnes and Alice show up to the hospital, not only with burns, but also with a ton of bruises on their face, signs of uh, choking. And Agnes was pregnant at the time, so Alice was going to have a brother, but um, she went into surgery and that's actually how she died. Uh, point is that Sally stays with Alice until she wakes up. She's actually reading her one of her favorite books about selkies, which are like mermaids, mm-hmm. something you learn because if it's Australia, they, they treat things differently. They, <laughs> they have different words for things. Like when her husband gets a call from a solicitor, like in America, you would immediately like hang up. Yeah. That's like a telemarketer. But in this, in, in Australia, that's a lawyer. And the lawyer is saying that Agnes actually put in the will that if June didn't want Alice, that Sally could have Alice. So 
Alice and, and John, they actually lost a daughter really recently whose name was Gemma to cancer. And so it's, it's not like a replacement child, but definitely something to help her cope. So it's almost just like Sally is a perfect fit because yeah. she feels responsible partly for Alice's parents dying. She lost a child. And She's she, in the will. It's like she almost has full right to this kid. And June shows up at the property once the fires happened and she kind of puts together in her mind what happened to Clem, like that Clem was responsible for everything everything that happened and she was right. like i don't know if i can raise another kid she even says the best hope that this child has is to get a, as far away from my family as she possibly can and so it seems like everything is setting up to go into sally's camp and that alice is just going to be adopted by sally and john but the saddest scene is when june has a change of heart by the end of the first episode and uh she checks alice out of the hospital and we get the shot of sally and john back at their house they converted Gemma's room which they kept like 100 percent the same and, uh, and and it had a big welcome Alice sign, and you just had to feel really so bad why, for Sally. Why did June have the change of heart? Did they ever explain? Once, once Alice woke up from the coma, again, that was while Sally was by her bedside, and they were bonding. Um, then at one point, Alice has another panic attack. She's mute at this point. She doesn't want to talk to anybody. And uh, she and um, uh, June finds her outside and and like kind of like reassures her and, and gets her back into the hospital and at that point i think that connection has been drawn so much where she's like i can help this girl mm -hmm. and so that's why she brings her home so again both sally and june want the best for alice but it feels like they both have uh like negative stuff because even though sally seems like the perfect fit it's not until the second and third episode that like we get a big twist and we find out that Sally actually has a little bit more like desperation, a little bit like she's willing to do sketchier things than she should. For instance, like um, she finds out that she would be the second guardian if June was found unfit. So she asks her husband to look into that and see if she has any like arrest records. Turns out June does have a ton of arrest records, a ton of assaults. And so, like, uh, Sally jumps on that, and she's like, okay, can you... Uh, and she finds this out, not from John, but from John's deputy. And John's deputy is willing to do some underhanded stuff and get, like, people to pressure June, who's running this refugee camp, right? So, so this is really sad. You have... Refugee camp, sorry. You have Sally here, who yes. seems almost like the protagonist for the first episode. Yeah. You really want Alice to live with her. And then in the second and third episode, it's almost like kind of an obsession, it seems, like she has over trying to get Alice. Yeah, and it's not entirely her fault, because June is like a little controlling herself like she takes Alice away and does not allow Sally to have any contact with her like she keeps on trying to send her gifts like books and stuff to be like hey I'm still part of your life and June just sends them back and never shows them to Sally and then she starts lying she's like sorry never shows them to Alice and then she starts lying to Sally as far as like oh yeah she's speaking again she's talking and, and she she wasn't at that point she also lies to Alice like she's like your mom was never here because Alice is starting to pick up on some like similar cues the fact that the flat Flowers are so symbolic to her mom and the right. fact that like they're they're a flower community. Um, so so June isn't perfect by any means, but she is slowly growing on Alice and they are becoming becoming like close. Um, and Sally is just I guess she's in her own guilt and anger. And and we find out that um, once she gets the police to kind of pressure June, that's when Sheriff John, her husband, comes up to her and he's like, the reason I didn't mention the assaults to you was because she was the victim in every single one. So a lot of the people who are at the refuge camp there, their husbands or boyfriends 
try to find them. And sometimes they do. And so what... How, how are they able to find... Because I feel like... They just try to track them down. I mean, like, this is a this is a place that tries to be secretive, but at the same time, it's like they're able to follow their girlfriends or, or wives uh-huh. if, if they put in enough time and effort. And so what ends up happening is that June, like, besides walking around with a gun and patrolling the property, she'll go into town and she'll bait these guys, people who are coming out of jail, people who are abusers, into, like, hurting her. And once they've done that, then those people are sent back to prison. Jail, okay. So that's why she has like 10 assaults on her record. And so she's that, actually a good person. That yeah. shows kind of the manipulative side that she has, though. Even though she's doing it for like the greater good, yeah. it kind of is able to show how she uh, how she is in control. And Alice, as a kid, doesn't really understand the difference between the lies that her father would do and the, the way that her the mom would be like. So she starts envisioning like June on fire. And for a second, I'm like, oh, no, is she actually going to be like a sociopath like her father? Is she going to pull a Daenerys on us? But but she isn't. By the third episode, she starts speaking again. Um, and, and it's kind of sad because the reason she starts speaking is because one of her friends that she meets there, Augie, um, he shows her a book on mermaids. And it's very similar to the book that Alice was trying to send. Uh, uh, sorry, that Sally was trying to send Alice. And had she been able to uh, receive that earlier, she might have started talking. The, Sel- the Selkie? The Selkie book? story. So one is Selkies, one is mermaids. They're both basically the same thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so so we also find out in the third episode that um, Sally has another secret. Gemma, the daughter who she lost, right, was actually Clem's daughter. And that was a big, that was almost such a big twist that I was like, this is unbelievable. How could this possibly be? Like, how, why would she have cheated? She seems like a reasonable person. Why would she have cheated so, on so her husband? You- but we find out context, contextual-wise that... A, she didn't know that Clem was married at the time. B, it was before she met her husband, right before she met her husband, uh, John. And C, she didn't know that Gemma was Clem's until Clem got cancer. Sorry, Gemma got cancer. And um, and she had to go ask Clem to see if he was a bone marrow uh, match. And he flat out refused, made a statue instead with his wood carvings and stuff, sent her that. And she kept the um, the model of, of that. When John finds out, obviously, he's furious. And props to John, though, uh, the sheriff, because he is the only good guy in the show. <laughs> Everybody else is presented as just a trash bag abuser. And he's like the one guy who's not. I mean, that's huge because that's even showing that Alice, she had a uh, half sister and then even the half sister that she didn't know that she had yeah. ends up dying. Like it just seems there's like- the half sister, and then a bigger twist in episode three was so everyone's haunted in this show. Sometimes to the point where they're literally seen. Like Alice sees her mom and her dad constantly. You yeah. know, just it, around the fields. Like she's just imagining where they were, how they developed their love and stuff like that. And June is seeing her son Clem as a boy. Um, just like trailing around because she's like, how did I raise someone who became such a monster? And then Sally's obviously haunted by Gemma, but she never actually sees Gemma. She just, you can tell that that's burdening her. And Candy is also haunted by Clem because we learned that they had a relationship. The thing is, though, that I'm trying to get to is uh, that Agnes was pregnant at the time that she went into surgery after that fire, right? Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the baby wasn't going to make it. It was going to be like 25 weeks old. And so everybody sort of wrote it off, even the lost the, the flower group. Um, they had made a gravestone for it, and, and Alice took it personally because the truth is Alice started the fire, the first fire that was happening that ended up um, so... Is this revealed in the third episode? No, it's actually the this... first thing we see, oh, but, okay. but it feels like it's important to reveal later on because Alice... She hyper focuses on 
phoenixes and the idea of rebirth and the idea of fire and the like if you burn it up then like flowers can grow from that you know and so that's why the intro is you get the flower and you get the fire and it's a lot like the song of ice and fire Mm -hmm. where they're just two contrasting fragile versus corrosive merging together and so she gets this idea that she needs to start a fire she goes to the shed and accidentally starts one like it wasn't on purpose she was just getting the material and then she runs to her room just as her parents arrive her dad sees the fire and he is going to go manic this is where we don't know what exactly happens right um and i'm sure that it will be revealed over time but um or maybe it won't that would be interesting if it wasn't uh if it was just left up to our own imaginations but she brings the kerosene into the house and we see her hiding in her covers just like a little girl and we know the dad's going to come in there and just beat the living ever like you know love ever out of her and and uh and, and i think her mom must have like tried to stop it because she's also showed up with bruises and i think that at that time alice got out of her bed and then lit her dad on fire and that's what caused the house fire and that's why his body was charred the unfortunate thing is that or i guess fortunate thing is at the end of the third episode we find out that even though the mom died in surgery the baby actually survived but the thing is agnes sorry um uh june grandma june is so afraid of taking care of another boy you know, because yeah. she there's one thing with Alice where she sees the good in her because of Clem. But yeah, but obviously she's going to connect the boy to Clem because it is Clem's kid, and she doesn't want to raise a psychopath. So she immediately calls uh, Sally, who's just getting her marriage back together because she's just admitted to herself that she was concentrating too hard on getting Alice back. It took a scene where she actually went to um, Thornfield to talk to uh, June one on one, and June showed her what she was doing there, and then they had a conversation with Alice, and Alice clearly no longer wanted to communicate with Sally because she saw her as like a connection to her past. Right, so it was very sad. It wasn't exactly fair to, um, it, it felt, it, it just felt manipulated. It feels, but at the like same time, it feels like it's homeward bound where you have to put, where you have the dog and then it seems like they need to pick one. I side. think you mean Airbud. Airbud, Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's, yeah, a little bit. It was just, um, I don't think there was a right or wrong answer at the time. And, uh, and so Sally finds out that the boy is alive and I think she's going to adopt um, that kid. And then I think there's going to be a time jump now. So this is a lot like Pachinko, Queen's Gambit, House of the Dragon, and Arcane, where you have a younger cast, that's that, or at, le- at least a younger Alice. Yeah. And the rest of the show, I think, is going to concentrate on an older Alice who's played by the same girl who was in The Walking Dead and St. X. And You're it's funny because... The Walking Dead, St. X, the And St. X, she also like played an older version of a younger version. Her right. sister... Yeah, yeah. So, like, we barely saw her in the first because episode of that, in, too. Because in the book, it takes place over multiple timelines, and I believe that they just jump around, uh, like, the whole time. Alicia Dedman Carrius, who you're talking about, she was born Alicia? in Sydney, and mm-hmm. they were... And I think a big reason why this is made is because they were able to shoot in Australia. A lot of the places that they oh, shot so beautiful. were discreet locations in fact uh even glendon even who is a palm de or winner he directed all oh, episodes cans. yeah cans <laughs> he uh he said that they that he had people embed themselves in communities and then they would get to know the people and then they would know other people who knew where they could shoot the scenes yeah. so this is this very much so deals with australia as the backdrop they they made if you that can't tell essential. the lost flowers of alice Hart just by the title that like nature is 
is a huge factor in this thing. Like, again, the ocean shots, they're hanging out there. The clouds, her obsession with the mermaids, her obsession with fire, yeah. her obsession with the grass fields. It's so sad, your backstory Sunsets. that you're talking about because it is just like in a nine-year-old's mindset, the reason why she wants to set her dad on fire, and I know it was symbolic, but like you were saying, the phoenix, it's like it, that's something beautiful would grow from that. Kind of the optimism that's in that, in, in such a dark thought. In the really first five is. minutes, the family is having fun together living kind of off the grid in this place she asks about like where her the rest of the family is and they kind of give this cagey response you can tell something's up something's not exactly right but it's not until like the dad goes away and the mom and the daughter have a great day and then at the end of the day it's like what do you want to do tomorrow and she's like let's go to town and she's like okay and then alice just innocently asks she's like are we still running away and you're like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay, and then later on, we do, it's nice because we don't see the gratuity or the gory violence that a lot of shows could put into, like, shock value right. of just, like, whenever the guy does something terrible, it's shown off screen, you just hear it. And that's almost scarier sometimes because it's well, like... Well, it, it lets your imagination kind of do the work. Yeah. I know that with Big Little Lies, good, good and it was, produced, it was produced by the same people, they would actually show the domestic abuse. I know that a lot of TV shows go that route. They wouldn't show it with a kid, though. And that was the Obviously, main thing. It's yeah. like when you saw the bruises on Alice, you were like, oh, this isn't just the wife. I was, uh, yeah, your backstory is a mix almost and obviously different. But of Wilson Fisk and Daredevil and Mr. Robot, the, the backstory that is given to him throughout the whole entire that's series. True, except Alice isn't as uh, she. I guess she doesn't get raised through the entire thing. And yeah, yeah. So, so. But yeah, with, with you talking about the flowers, also part one, backfire orchid, part two, orchid. waddle orchid, part two, waddle, part three, all different types bush, of yeah, all different types. And they of have flowers. so many more. And every time another flower pops on the screen, you get like a little scrawled text at the bottom telling you what the meaning of that flower is for because. June's family has had this Thornfield place for generations and they've made a book of it and people have memorized and Agnes had memorized the book and she was teaching her daughter. And that's Straight. part of the reason why Alice knew that June was lying. Um, also, she finds a book, Alice in Wonderland, um, believe it or not, where <laughs> it, it literally has a note from Clem to Agnes, a love letter to her. And so um, so Alice is able to figure out that June's lying. And when she confronts her about it, June's like, I'll tell you all the truth if you start speaking. June, uh, Alice starts speaking and June still doesn't tell her the full truth, but she does tell her a lot about her father. This, I, th yeah. That's all straight from the book. Yeah. In fact, the Variety said the series is too literal a translation of its source, lacking the adjustment required to fit its new medium. But what it does is it allows it not to have those plot holes. Even the decisions where you're thinking to like June is making a big mistake. The justification is such that you agree that it's acceptable. Like you don't look at it and you're just like, why is he trying to hijack the plane with the bad guys? <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm oh, you're talking about okay, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, okay. It's, like I'm saying, <laughs> the writing is lock solid. I don't have cons for the show, but you need to have the patience to watch it, and it needs to be a, a show that you're willing to give that mood of like utter depression. I with. mean, I was seeing what people were saying about this. They said it was misery porn, haunting, soul stirring. It sounded I, like I would not call were... it misery porn. I would say that it's like a series of unfortunate events without any comedy and without any good stuff happening. Really, it's it's also like Dear. Edward, where the first episodes are super duper sad, but with Dear Edward, I was sure that it was always going to go into a positive, like it couldn't get worse. And here you're not sure. Well, yeah, it, it's not, the first episode isn't 
although it's very sad, it's not as sad as Dear Edward was in its first episode. But at the same time, I'm not convinced. I'm not as optimistic because there are still things that they're not telling Alice and still twists that are like about her dad that I'm sure are going to come out and still create this to be more of a tragedy, like overall, than it, like it might not even have a happy ending in the end. Uh, it, tonally, it's a lot like Mayor of Easttown's pilot. It's also like Manchester by the Sea, like even with when the you fire. Said, when you said the fire scene, that, that just brought me straight back to yeah, it. Yeah, 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 because she does take a lot of guilt for that in her own heart. And obviously, if she was to share that with anybody, they'd all tell her it wasn't her fault. Holly Ringwald, she's the person that created the book, uh-huh. uh, came out in 2018. And it was her first book that she ever made. It got critical acclaim. It was like a bestseller all throughout Australia. So, yeah. I mean, it, but like you're saying, she took kind of uh, all the things that she wrote about from her own life experiences. It's not based on a true story. I hope not. But, yeah. it, but it is based on things that she kind of uh, witnessed growing up. Okay. So. Well, um, I'm sorry for her then. <laughs> what would the you show? The, the show? Well, I'm going to say it's, yeah. it's well acted. It's emotional. It's very detailed. Beautiful sets contrasted with dark subject matter. Not gory, not gratuitous violence. We don't even see the abuse. But the bad stuff that happens actually resonates with the characters. So when it's not like with a soap opera, terrible things happen to individuals. And then a few scenes later, after some crying and some consoling, they're over it. No, this this is more realistic in the in the way that people are dealing with those that pain. It scars them and it and it keeps it stays with them. You know, they they absorb it. And so you also learn some uh, uh, Australian terms like limb. Lamingtons. I did not know what a lamington was. Um, and it's a food. Uh, and yeah, so besides the mood um, and the pacing, I would still give this an 8 out of 10. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have the energy to continue it. I mean, it's also, only four more episodes. Yeah, I know. It's just a, it takes a lot out of you to watching this stuff. Um the, the characters, I want to say they're so well acted. The father's character who has to play like kind and then also evil. Right. Like he's he, from Lord of the Rings. He's from Lord the of the Rings. Power. And he played a great role in that. And now he's playing a great role in this. And so like that guy, that guy did great. Uh, also, in terms of the that, go Sheriff John, he reminded me so much of like a Jesse Plemons type where he he's like ultimately like this really good guy who doesn't even want to like screw over the law for for his wife but at the same time he loves his wife it was like that would be if they made an american version who would play it or even this version like i i wouldn't have been surprised if he just showed up and i'd be like okay well jesse Plemons is there <laughs> i know that yeah. sigourney weaver has gotten uh the main like a critical acclaim of course because she's role. the big big name on there but everybody deserves a a, a clap on the back it even, has this- even alice like they spend so much time telling us about Alice, defining her. It's such an easy thing to just kind of write off a kid, you know? But they make her PTSD, mute, uh, missing her mom, and then also making her like her mom, and then uh, giving her all these interests. And even with the fire thing, when she was, like, so crazy about, like, phoenixes, Mm -hmm. the first thing I thought when I saw the Phoenix book was that looks like the Goblet of Fire uh, thing from Harry Potter. It wasn't. But later on, Sally, the librarian, gives her uh, Goblet of Fire Harry Potter. See, it just, and so it was like, yeah. It makes what I was bringing up earlier about saying her father on fire and then him turning his thing it even was such sadder. a short thing. Because yeah. it, you, when you have Alice in Wonderland and then you have Harry Potter, it's like that is just feeding more into that mindset of like a kid. So yeah, I, it, the show has a 7.9 on IMDb, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, 91% audience score, 
three stars on The Guardian, Decider said to stream it. The New York Times said that Mike Hale, the writer, ended that review saying, Waver's work in series has been sparse and unpredictable. Gain to spend seven episodes with her is icing on the melodrama. Yeah. All right. Well, that's where we'll leave it. I'm sure we might have gone through other stuff in the original, but like I think we've covered the bases for this show, and uh, and I do recommend it. So thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye. Bye.